You know, as calendars change and things change, November, it's this calendar month of Thanksgiving and we start talking harvest. I realize here, at least in our home, we already harvested. Um, But I do feel like it's an important time for us just to pause and reflect. Earlier this year, we preached uh, a whole series on sowing seed. And why would you preach a a series on sowing seed if you're not going to preach a series on how to harvest? I mean, it just would seem foolish. Uh, And so I feel like, compelled by the calendar and compelled by God, that now is a time for us to focus on, on a season of harvest. It's harvest time. I mean, that's what... What our, what our calendar portrays. And, and so over the next few weeks, I just want to look at some, some principles of harvest or some, some, some thoughts that come to me when it, when it comes to harvest and what I believe that both us corporately as a church and me individually that I need to be considering in the harvest that, that God has been preparing. Um, Jesus isn't afraid to talk about the harvest. He talks about it a few times. He, he uses it to wake up his followers a few times. Uh, John chapter 4. My food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Verse 35 says, don't you have a saying? It's four months until the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the field. They are ripe for the harvest. Even now the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests the crop for eternal life. So the sower and reaper may be glad. Luke chapter 10. He told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Over the next few weeks, I really want to look at, at these verses. I really want us to spend some time just discovering what God is communicating about the harvest. What do I need to be doing? Where do I need to be in all this? Because I think there's some, some lessons and some understandings that we need to have when it comes to the harvest. You know, I, I, candid, I, I'm going to be pretty candid this morning uh, at, at times. I've been hearing about things that God has promised to do, whether it's in our church or in this community or in this region, for a long time. I mean, since the very first time we came and visited the church, um, which would almost have been nine years ago. I mean, I heard about what God was doing and what his expectations were. And You ever hear God says he's going to do something, and then you wonder why it's not done? Like, okay, why did God say this? And then why is it taking so stinking long? And I get timing, and I understand some fruit takes a longer time to produce. I've talked about pecan trees and how they take ten years to produce fruit. I get all that stuff. My question isn't, questioning the harvest that's coming. My question for us is, is, are we ready for the harvest that God has promised? Like, are we in a place for the harvest? And so the next few weeks, it's not necessarily about the harvest that is coming. It's about our position with regard to the harvest that is either here or is coming. It's more about us. It's like looking inward at me when it comes to this, when it comes to these things, when it comes to the promises of God, when it comes to the plans of God, when it comes to the things that, that, that he said we should expect, and we've been fully expecting, and I'll come back to that, but we haven't seen. I'm going to pray just for this morning. God, I thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. 
I thank you for the very word of God and the promise of his word. And God, I I thank you that you've already spoken. You've already dealt with our hearts. And I thank you, God, that you have a plan to speak to us even fuller, even more in this service. And I pray that we would be in a place to receive. Help us, God, to focus upon your word. I pray the word become flesh before us. Manifest before us, God, that we would be captivated by your very word and the very promises of your word. Pray for me, God, that I would yield everything that that I've planned and it would be your will to be accomplished in this place. We yield our hearts, our minds, our eyes and our ears to you. In Jesus' name, amen. It started in in John chapter 4, verse verse 35 of that chapter. It's, It's an interesting verse and it says, Don't you have a saying, it's four months until the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the field. They are ripe for harvest. I really believe in what I have underlined in that verse. God is speaking something to us. He says in verse 35, don't you have a saying? It's four months until harvest. What is that saying me? Like why did Jesus include this. I, I, I read about this this week and I, I heard a bunch of, uh, of different perspectives on this. A lot of people saying that there was no proverb at the time. This must have been something the disciples were sharing with one another. Whatever it was, why did Jesus in this moment say, don't you have a saying? It's four months until the harvest. What does that saying communicate What are you communicating by saying there's four months until the harvest? And what is Jesus contradicting in what they're saying? You're saying you've got four months to do what? To get ready. And Jesus is saying what? It's time to be ready now. So as we look at the harvest, as we begin to to discover what I believe are some godly principles when it comes to the harvest, the very first thing that I look at, the very first question that I begin to ask myself is, am I ready? Tam and I this year, we had our first foray into gardening. And so we grew some cucumbers and some onions and some cilantro and some jalapenos for her salsa that she likes to make. We had some strawberries someone gave us. So we threw them in the ground and we grew some pumpkins for the pumpkin extravaganza. I mean, that was a foray into gardening. Well, all of a sudden, uh, you know, mid-August it was fun. You'd get a couple jalapenos and we'd probably have to buy tomatoes because our tomatoes never wanted to get ripe. We could pull some cilantro, we could make some salsa and be happy. Pull cucumbers off, make some cucumber salsa, everything was fine. What I realized come mid-September when the frost was coming was we weren't ready for the harvest. So like it was harvest time, so we went out and we picked everything. And then what did we do with it? Well, we just sat it on our counter. Now what are we going to do? I don't know how to can. I don't really want to can. It sounds like it's a lot of work for some people. So it's not where I want to go. Looking at my wife, what are we going to do with this giant stack of cucumbers? I don't know. I made some pickles. You can only make so many pickles. 
What's next? Well, let's just take them to church. Get rid of them that way. So we brought in a cooler full of jalapenos, some tomatoes and cucumbers, and we gave them away. Why? Because we hadn't planned for the harvest. That, that speaks to my heart. You know, as a pastor, we've been pretty intentional. We talk about sowing seeds. We talk about doing things. We talk about demonstrating God's love. We talk about Taco Tuesday or backpacks or, or, or what other, whatever other opportunities we have to sow seed in our community. And then I wonder, the question that God is challenging my heart with is, hey, you planted that seed. Hey, it was fun to watch it grow. It was really cool to see the first cumber cucumbers come off. But are you ready for what you've really sown? Like, are you really ready? Or all of a sudden, are you going to be staring at a bunch of cucumbers and not know what in the world to do? So you have a saying, and it's, there's four months until the harvest. You, you, you got plenty of time to get ready for, for what's coming. But he says, lift up your eyes. Something I read, it said in various contexts, rather than saying it's four months till the harvest, we could say, what's the big hurry or, or where's the fire? You know, God challenged me with, with the harvest. Are the grain bins cleaned out? Is the silo ready? That's us. You know, we can pray we want the lost to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We can pray we want broken families to be healed. We can pray we want lives to be touched. But, but is our grain bin ready? Like, are we really ready for what God has promised? I mean, the promise that, that I can recall, and Rowan, you can correct me if I'm wrong, God, God said something to this church, it was probably 15, 12 years ago, about rivers flowing uh, freely from, from our church to, to, to the nations across the state, whatever, you know, and, and I think about that, but if, if where the river's flowing from isn't ready, what's it taking with it? We can pray we want to see people transform, but then when they come and, and they do different things and they act different ways, how do we feel? Are we ready for it? Are we really, do we really know what we're supposed to do with all this stuff? So if you sow seeds like me and you don't know what to do with it when it grows, that really makes you kind of foolish. Yet I believe as churches... We're doing that very thing. It's exciting to sow the seed. It's exciting to see that little green thing pop up out of the ground. You know, Levi and I can go out and look at the pumpkin as it grows bigger and bigger each, each day. It's fun. And then all of a sudden you got this giant pumpkin. You don't know how to move it. Then what do you do with it? Yeah, I'll pick it up and take it inside and let my wife carve on it. I mean, that's what we did. There's no pies. Are you ready for the harvest that you've been planting for? 
Are you really ready for those seeds that you've been sowing to produce fruit? Or do you think there's just more time? Hey, we got four months. All the time in the world. Pam and I, before we had Elliot, we had decided we were going to redo the, the, bath, the bathroom downstairs. It didn't have a shower, and oftentimes when you have babies, you get company, and so we were going to fix that, right? We were going to fix it up. We had time. We were planning on it. We had time. Nine months until the baby, right? Do you want to know what my wife was doing the day before she went into her C-section? Less than 12 hours probably before she was getting surgery. She was helping me drywall in the basement bathroom because I thought there was four months until the harvest. Then all of a sudden the harvest was here and I had to get things done. And you want to know the truth? I rushed. So when I go in my bathroom now, I didn't sand that drywall mud very good. When I go down there, I can see how, how because of my laziness and because I just kept putting things off, I, I didn't do it with excellence. I mean, do we expect that God is, is going to produce fruit? Isn't the promise if you sow good seed and good ground, it will produce fruit? Oh, I got time. We got time. I mean, this story... John chapter 4, what happens at the beginning of this chapter? There's this woman at the well. John chapter 4, everything that's going on. This isn't the right time. It's not what they were expecting. Jesus went to the well and, and, and he asked this woman to draw him a drink and she said, you don't, I can't do that, I'm a Samaritan, remember? And he says, if you knew who was asking, you'd ask me for living water. She was the wrong person in the wrong place at the wrong time. I mean, nothing about this is like the revelation of, of who the Messiah is supposed to be. The Messiah was coming to save the Jews, right? So, so he tells her who he is and, and he, he reveals himself to her as the Messiah and she begins to testify about him. And then what happens when she shares about who he is and what he did? All these people started coming. And as they're walking, he's having this interesting interaction with his disciples. They say, hey, aren't you hungry? He says, no. They said, have you been fasting? He said, you know, it's the, for me, the food is to do the will of my Father. That's what's all that's going on in this chapter. And so they're wrestling with all that's, that's happening. And then, then they say to him, don't you need food? And, and he says, I'm doing what I need to do to be fed. And they don't get it. And, and he says, you have this saying, four months till the harvest. But look, the time is now. Look at the people that are coming. And the disciples are confused because these are Samaritans. What did the Samaritan woman say in verse 9? Jews and Samaritans are not even allowed to associate with each other. I mean, that's what's going on. That's their under, this is not the right time. We're not even in the right place. We're not even... I mean, this is... It's, we've got four months. We'll get to Jerusalem. We'll go to the synagogue. You'll... Preach a service, people clap their hands, revival will happen, you reveal you're the Son of God, everything will be good. We're ready for that. And Jesus is saying, No, look. You think we got time? The fields, look at them. 
All those Samaritans coming. Why? Because they want to experience the Messiah. Are you ready? I, I talked about my kids. You know, some people, when they have babies, they're crazy. Like they spend like eight months of nine months decorating a nursery. And they pick out the colors and they paint things on the walls. And then they buy cribs and they buy bedding and they, and they put out the bedding and then they got boy because they know whether it's boy or girl and they got it all figured out and all planned and they got changing tables and they got diaper trees and they got all this stuff, all these crazy things. They're all ready for the baby to come. And then there's the other person. You know, they have a baby. And they look at their wife on the way home and they say, we better stop at Walmart because we've got to get an air mattress and a sleeping bag so this kid's got somewhere to sleep tonight. You know what I'm saying? Are you ready? There's a verse that I want to read, and I know it's going to jump in your mind a little bit, and you're going to say, I'm not really getting the connection. That's good. Hopefully you get it before we're finished. That'll be better. Matthew chapter 9. There's these verses, and it says, No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making their tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. Those verses in a similar context, it's, it's the people who just don't get what's going on before them. They're wrestling, I know the context of this, they're wrestling with the old and the new, like what was and what Jesus is doing. And they're trying to figure out how all of this goes together. And they're trying to take the new, which is Jesus, and and put him on the old, which was the law, the way of Moses. And they're really confused with what's happening. And Jesus is saying, no, we can't do that because the the, the old cloth has already already shrunk. And so then then you put this new one on, it's going to get all messed up. You know, the old wineskins are already hard. They're already brittle. And so you put in the great... And, and there's some debates about what this means. You put it in there, and then it begins to ferment. As it ferments, it expands. When leather has already expanded, it can't expand again. And then what's it do? It pops. So he's talking about what is happening now. He's talking about where we are today. And as I thought about the harvest, my mind, for some reason, went to wineskins. Like, when we bring these in, are we ready Are we prepared or are our wineskins fresh for the harvest that we're reaping? Or do we got some old jeans and we want to snap, slap some, some new cloth on them? Or do we have some old, old wineskins and we want to pour new wine in them? And then we're going to be confused and surprised when everything's a mess and we're all sticky, gross, smelling like the bar because wine has exploded all over our lap. Another thing I read this week said Jesus is a transformer. He came to bring change. You know, there's change that is coming. New people, new circumstances, change is coming. That's the reality of, of what is happening in the church. I, I know I've shared this before and I share this 
candidly, and I share this without judgment, please don't perceive this the wrong way, is, is I've been able to go into churches today. In the role that I serve as an overseer or just helping out churches, I can walk into a church and I can tell you when they stopped changing. And by that I mean I can tell you by the decor or the orange carpet or the things around the church what happened in that place that they just stopped changing and then new wine was being poured into old wineskins and things didn't go well. Oh gosh, pastor's talking about being crazy and changing everything in church. No, that's not where I'm going. What I'm saying is I want to be prepared for the harvest. I read a book last year or early this year. It was called Recalibrate. It's by a pastor and he, he basically in, inherited a church and, and he took that church and he said, I just want this church to be doing everything it should be doing for the kingdom of God. But sometimes in life we kind of get off in tangents. Sometimes in church we kind of get, get lost in, in all this other stuff. And he says, I just want to bring us back to this place that what we're doing is for the very vision that God has given us. So if God has given us a vision to stay where we're at, then let's get comfortable. Seriously. Like if God's vision is for this church to stay right where we're at and be who we are today, that we will be in five years, then let's get comfortable. If God's vision is that we're going to reach Crawford, Nebraska, if God's vision is that we're supposed to be a river of life that's going to affect the nations, then I want to get right. I want to be prepared for what God wants to do. That might mean some new wineskins. That's not a bad thing. I want to be prepared for the harvest. I want to know that, 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 that what God has promised, I'm unready for. Isaiah chapter 43, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Verse 19 says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. That sounds like the promise God has made to us, that he's going to make streams dreams in the wilderness. But what does he say? He says, see, I'm doing a new thing. I want to see the new thing. I want to see the jackal. Come drink from the stream of water that is flowing from us. I want to see the new things. God has promised the new things. God has promised these things are coming. And my desire as a shepherd, my desire as a leader in this church is that we begin to see the new things. But why aren't we seeing? We'll get to some of that next week. But part of me says we're not seeing because we're not ready. 
So why would God pour new wine into old wineskins? God is gracious and compassionate. Jonah even knew that. So why would God dump in a bunch of new wine into old wineskins just for the mess that's to come? Maybe we're not seeing the new things fully because we're not fully ready ourselves. Write this down if you're taking notes. This is a good line. Ready? Our preparation is truly an indicator of our expectation. Do you hear what I said? My level of preparation is a true indicator of my level of expectation. So if I'm not expecting my garden to grow, I don't have to worry about if there's room on the counter or if I've got jars to can this stuff in because guess what? It's just going to die anyway. Right? If I invite Greg and Kathy over for dinner but I don't really expect they're going to come, I don't have to clean the house. I'll let my wife cook because then there'll be more for me to eat but the rest of that stuff, we don't have to do it. What is your preparation saying about your expectation? Maybe we're not talking corporately now. Maybe we're talking about in yourself. Maybe we're talking about in your life. Maybe we're talking about in those things that God desires to do in you. What is your preparation saying about your expectation? Because if I expect that I'm going to have a baby, I'm going to do something to get ready for the baby. If I expect that God is going to move, if I expect that God is going to reveal Himself, if I expect that God is going to allow rivers to flow from us, I guess I'm going to have to buy some tubes so we can go floating. Your preparation probably reveals more about your expectation than you want to admit. Lamentations chapter 3, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It's good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. God is doing a new thing. In our church, God desires a new thing. In your life, God desires a new thing. A new thing is springing up. Do you not perceive it? Do you not see what God is doing? There is a new thing springing up in your life, yet I'm afraid we're going to be like the disciples standing in the midst of the new thing saying we've got four more months. Are you ready? And get some clean wineskins. Get some new wineskins. I remember when you guys can come forward right now. I remember when I first 
experienced the love of God and it was transformative in my life. Dude, I used to get saved every altar call. You know talking about? Like any time a pastor talked about anything, dude, I was running up to the altar. I was snotting on the altar. I was getting saved every time. But man, I remember some new wine. You know what I'm saying? I remember that. I didn't know so much. I wasn't so smart. I wasn't so callous. I wasn't so hard. I wasn't so rigid. I was willing to swell. Man, have I become hard? This is home now. This is this is personal. This is where the word comes back to me. Like, am I hard? Scripture says that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. All that was old. Man, I want to be a new creation. And we think we only have to be a new creation when we first get saved. I think God wants to do a new thing. Behold, new things, they're springing up in you, in your life. God wants a new, incredible thing. His mercies, they're new every morning. Like the revelation of God's grace and mercy in your life. Maybe it was different this morning than it has been in the past. His mercies, they're new every morning. He's faithful. He's the God of the harvest. He desires for us to experience the harvest. He expects us to be about the harvest. Are you ready? Father, I come to you this morning and I thank you for this time. God, I fully expect the harvest to come. I fully anticipate the promises that you've made being fulfilled. I look forward, God, to the new things that are springing up the way, the, the river that will want, run in the wasteland, in the wilderness. God, I look forward to, to the promises that you've made. I look forward, God, to the seeds that we've sown, whether it's, it's through backpacks or roses or whatever, tacos, God, producing fruit, like kingdom fruit, like good fruit. God, I wrestle with, am I ready? I wrestle with, God, is our church ready? Are we ready for all that you desire? Do we think we got four more months and then we'll get busy? The challenge to my heart today is get busy now. Start making the preparation. Start Start setting the table. Start, start, start organizing the silos. Start getting the grain bin ready for all that is coming in me, for all that is coming in us. Make me new, God. Make me new this morning. A new creation. New wineskins. 
for the, for the new wine that you're pouring out. Let my expectation and preparation reveal each other. It's in Jesus' name. As, as Walt leads us in this course, I would encourage you. You need to respond to the Word of God. Maybe you say, Pastor, I get it. I know exactly what old wineskins feel like. Like, I'm there. You got a God who said His mercies are new every morning. That means this morning His mercies are new in your life. God can soften. He can make you into a new creation for what is to come. Not for what was, but for what is to come. Maybe you think, hey, i got lots of time. I can get ready later. Let me tell you, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Because the harvest, the season is now. God is ready for the season now. As a pastor, I would open the altars if you want to spend some time with God, if you want me to pray with you, if you want others to pray with you, if there's someone in the church that you just say, hey, I, I trust you, I want you to pray with me about that new creation. Find someone within the body of Christ, but, but I want to be ready. I want you to be ready for what God's going to do in your home, in your life, in, in your family. The altars are open. Are you ready? Are you ready? The harvest is plentiful. Are you ready? Lord, bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may your expectation be revealed through your preparation. May this not just be a service and nothing after. May your actions indicate your understanding of what God desires to do in you. Amen?